Welcome, loyal listeners, to another episode of Eclectic Full Contact Theater's splendid satirical saunter down memory lane to those thrilling days of yesteryear, Throwing Shade. Remember, if you love the adventures of the Shade and the Vamp, head over to Patreon at www.patreon.com EFCT and become a subscriber for all sorts of exclusive Shade rewards. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy eclectic full-contact theaters throwing shade. There is a darkness in the minds of men, a darkness in their hearts, a darkness in a room with no lights. And who knows that darkness? The shade knows. My day, Theodore Rockwell a go-get'em reporter for the Chicago Gazette Times Herald. But by night, he becomes the shade. Then when does he sleep? I mean, seriously, there's only so many hours in the... What? All right, fine, just go with it. Using his uncanny ability to wear dark clothing, he, assisted by his girl, Friday, Wednesday morning, and the mysterious female vigilante, the vamp, defends the downtrodden and fights the forces of evil. But can one man defend the innocent from the scourge of Chicago's underbelly? Find out in this week's episode, Ghost of a Chance. And this week we have, are you serious? Yet another new sponsor. Unfortunately for the fine people at Zirconium Coal, the vast majority of both their workforce and their customer base have somehow contracted the same chronic incurable respiratory disease which should in no way be assumed to be connected with their product at all. However, in the interest of the safety of their shareholders, Zirconium Coal is shuttering all operations until they can find a workforce and customer base more hardy and infection-resistant. So, we here at Throwing Shade are happy to welcome our newest sponsor, Fully Bone Girdles. Fully Bone Girdles, you can't hold back Mother Nature, but we can. Also brought to you by Eclectic Full Contact Theater, providing high-quality 1930s radio-style satire since... I believe it's our one-month anniversary! Look at us! (laughs) Oh, Somebody open some bubbly. It ain't prohibition here. What? Oh, oh, fine. Previously on Throwing Shade. Chupacabra! And now on to our story. Act 1, Scene 1. A spooktacular story. Theo and Wednesday hear a tall tale. It was a crisp autumn morning in the city of Chicago. Everywhere were the sounds of local wildlife. You'll never take me alive, copper! I'm walking here! I'm walking here! Likewise, I'm sure! And along the lake on the north side, at the site of the old abandoned Pushman Mansion, a group of intrepid Youngsters were testing their metal. There it is, the Pushman Mansion. It don't look so scary to me. Really? 
Because it looks pretty scary to me. Yeah, but you're a girl. You're scared of everything. Says the boy who can't kill bugs. Hey, I'm allergic to insects. Oh, sure you are. Knock it off, both of you. Susie, you know Jaime's mom sent him a doctor's note to school that says he's allergic to bugs? So we gotta accept it as true. Thanks, Mikey. Even though I ain't never heard of anybody being allergic to every single bug on the planet. Ha! And the fact the note was signed, Heine's mother. Oh, come on, guys! And Susie, considering the fact that you jump out of your skin every time somebody even says the word... Don't do it! Boy! <laughs> I wouldn't be making fun of nobody. You're only allowed out with us because... Because Mom won't let you go anywhere if you don't take me. Exactly, so quit acting so much like a girl. Okay, I'll act more like a boy. I'll bathe less and use smaller words. Mikey, make your sister stop making fun of us. <laughs> stop it yourself. <laughs> I dare you. Can we just go to the house, please? Okay, you know the plan. We go in and we see if there's anything we can take to prove we were there. That'll show Spike Mulligan and his gang who's chicken. Yeah. Who cares what Spike Mulligan thinks? Girls, you don't understand nothing. Spike is the biggest, meanest kid in school. <sighs> if he calls us chicken, we're going to have to deal with it for the whole year. I don't know about you, but... I don't want people clicking at me for the rest of the year. Yeah, or asking us for fresh eggs every morning. You don't understand because girls don't have this kind of pressure. Grandma school's a jungle. I'll have you know. Let's go. We're wasting time. Well, it's locked. We can't get in. Check the windows. One of them's got to be open. The three tykes circled the mansion, trying each of the windows, but they were all locked up tight until they reached the storm cellar. Hey, the cellar door's open. We can go in here. Into the cellar? What's the matter? Are you allergic to cellars too? No, it's just storm cellars are, are dark and, and somebody could get hurt without lights. Good thing I brought flashlights then. Come on, Come scaredy on. cat. I'm not a scaredy cat. I'm just safety conscious. The kids made their way down the cellar stairs into the large, empty room. There's nothing down here. Guess we should go. Come on. Let's find the door upstairs. I knew you were going to say that. As they made their way deeper into the cellar, something reached out from the shadows and grabbed Jaime's shoulder. Yeah! Help, help, get it off me! <laughs> Big brave boy. <laughs> help, help! That's not funny. Sure it is. <laughs> I gotta admit, it is funny. At least I'm not afraid of a Don't word. Don't you dare! Moist! <laughs> moist, no, moist, no, moist, no, moist! No. Knock it off! Stop it! Now come on, let's get upstairs. Find something and am scrape. The last thing we need is the neighbors calling the cops because they heard you two yelling like banshees. As the curious kitties made their way up the stairs to the main part of the house and opened the door, they heard a soft voice moaning. Get 
Funny Susie. I'm not falling for that again. I didn't do it. Mikey, that's not funny. Don't look at me. I'm the mature one. Well, if you didn't do it, and I didn't do it, and Susie didn't do it, then who did? At that moment, the three children heard a noise at the top of the stairs leading to the second floor. They looked up and saw a pale figure glowing in the darkness. It pointed a bony finger at them and in a terrifying moaning voice said, Get out! Oh, I scream like a girl. The three terrified tykes took off, tearing down the sidewalk back to their bikes and pedaled for their very lives, not stopping until they reached police headquarters, where they tried to explain what had happened to Police Chief Cannoli. Slow down a one at a time. Uh -huh. Don't push me, mansion! Willie saw it! It was terrible! What do you see out of the Pushman Mansion? A, a ghost! Get out of here with your crazy stories. I gotta no time for you to be pulling my eggs. What? The no. three children were so dejected, they didn't even bother correcting the chief. Instead, they made their way to the one place they figured would listen to any story, no matter how outlandish. And a few hours later, after they had laid it all out as best they could, the torch was taken up by that defender of truth, free speech, and anything that would increase circulation, editor-in-chief of the Chicago Gazette Times-Herald, Clarence Clemens. Rockwell! Morning! Morning to you too, Chief. Rockwell! That wasn't funny the first ten times you did it, and it's not funny now. Where's Wednesday? And before you say right after Tuesday, I'm warning you, I'm not in my usual jovial mood. Ah, well in that case, I'll get her. Wednesday! I told you he wouldn't find it funny. I need the two of you to head over to the old Pushman Mansion. You mean the grand home of Ezekiel Pushman? Chicago pulp magnet built in 1880 on Lakeshore Drive? You mean the one that sat abandoned ever since his great-grandson, William Pushman, threw himself from the attic window after the crash wiped out the family fortune? You mean the one that's been nicknamed the Death House due to the rumors that nobody can stay there overnight without being frightened to death? So now it just sits there, owned by the bank and slowly rotting since they can't sell it for love nor money? Um, yes. I have to say that that was incredibly informative, but ridiculously awkward. While I was in the army, I did a stint in their expositionary forces. Hmm. Now that's funny. Hmm. If we're done, excellent. Now, I need you Sorry, needed to start a new line. I need you to head over to the Pullman Mansion. Push. Uh, what? Uh, Pushman, not Pullman. Push, pull, 
What's the difference? Usually the muscle groups involved. Though when push comes to shove... Somebody usually falls down. Are you finished? We're finished. I need you to head over to the Pushman Mansion and talk to the caretaker. People have been reporting weird noises and lights in the mansion lately, and three kids just came in here claiming to have seen a ghost. Oh, come on, Mr. Clemens. You're not taking this seriously. Ghosts. They really saw ghosts? Theo! You don't believe in ghosts, do you? What? Me? No! <laughs> Pshaw! <laughs> Perish the thought! How ridiculous! What kind of ghost was it? Full apparition or merely poltergeist activity? What are you typing now? Just how disappointed I am. Look, I know it's a bunch of malarkey, but Halloween is right around the corner and there's a good number of gullible people who will shell out good money to read about this claptrap. There have been a number of ghost sightings that haven't been adequately explained. See? We're just printing the controversy. Giving equal time to both sides. Let the rubes make up their own mind. That's democracy in action. That's America. That's a load of... Sheets are usually what ghosts wear. Are we sure the witnesses didn't just see one of our less, um, <clears throat> progressive citizens? Mm. Kids didn't say anything about it having a pointy head. Are we mm. sure this isn't just a prank? These kids could just be trying to start mischief. Apparently, they tried to take this to the chief of police. I can imagine how that went. Uh, the chief gave it his usual level of professional consideration and then said something about eggs. Look, not that I'm in any way concerned, worried, or terrified, but is there anyone else you could send to check this out? Oh, don't be such a mamby-pamby. We're going, and we're going to prove this is just a bunch of bourgeois. I'm sure you're right. Good plan, Wednesday. Good plan, Rockwell. Thanks. Hey. Now get out of here and get me that story. Theo, you can't really be scared of things that go bump in the night. You are one of those things. Criminals are a cowardly and superstitious lot. To fight them, I had to study superstitions. The problem is, if you look at the evidence, science hasn't been able to explain clairvoyance. Just because we haven't found the logical explanation yet doesn't mean there isn't one. But I've been reading this periodical. It's put out by supernaturalist David Wolfie. It has some pretty persuasive arguments. It's called... <laughs> the Real Truth. Why ghosts are real, and anyone who says they aren't is just a shill for big secularism. Seriously? I wouldn't have thought it either, but apparently there's a lot of money in spreading the idea that there's no such thing as spirits. How? Well, he doesn't really go into it, but rest mm -hmm. assured, there is. He asserts it quite stridently. Well, as long as he's strident. His arguments hold water, though. You can't prove ghosts don't exist, can you? Yeah, <laughs> Let's get going before I lose any more respect for you. There are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt of in your philosophy. Don't think Shakespeare's gonna save you. But it's from your favorite play, Small Pig. Small Pig? You know, Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> Ha 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 ha!
<laughs> I hate you. You know, you should smile more. It looks good. Don't push it. Mm. One, scene two, the ghost of Magnate's past. Old man McGillicuddy utters a warning. Stopping briefly to tip a one-man band on the corner, Theo and Wednesday made their way to the fashionable end of North Lakeshore Drive and the stately yet faded husk of the Pushman Mansion. There they met old man McGillicuddy, the grizzled caretaker for the property. He seemed to have mixed feelings about their presence. I have mixed feelings about their presence. Something needs to be done about these strange going zones. But I do have my duty. Mr. McGillicuddy. Oh, please. Call me old man. Right. Well then. Old man. What do you mean by your duty? Ye should stay far away from the Pushman Mansion. Strange going-ons take place there after the sun goes down, and strange noises and lights can be seen within. There is also them what says that anyone entering the mansion after dirt comes out again white as a sheet and looking fifty years older. If they come out at all, that is... Well, I'm convinced. Let's go, Wednesday. Nothing to see here. We're not going anywhere. Although, I will admit, that was quite engrossing and effective. Gave me shivers down my spine. Oh, thank you. It was a wee bit worried it was out of practice. It's been a while since I've been called upon to run anyone away from the mansion. I didn't want to be rusty. What do you mean? I come from a long line of eccentric old groundskeepers whose duty it is to run people away from unpleasant or haunted areas with ominous, cryptic, and hopefully chillingly vague promises of doom. You could say it's the family business. Really? Oh, yeah. My grandfather warned people away from the Chicago Water Tower ever since the big fire. He was very proud of that. I mean, ah, he managed to win people away from both H. H. Holmes's mansion and Jane Adams' whole house. There's very few mysterious and eccentric harbingers of supernatural doom that have that kind of pedigree. Well, you were very good. Your family would be proud. Oh, I'd appreciate that loss, but I assume that you... Like most folks will foolishly disregard my warnings and try your luck at the spirits and boogeyman inside. Personal feelings and uh, deepest respect for your abilities aside, we do have our own duty, which is to find out the truth of what's been happening here and share it with our readers. So if you could tell us, in your own words, what you know about what's been going on, we'd appreciate it. Suit herself. I come out here every few days to take care of the property. Keep up the grounds presentable. Do what I can repair, boys. 
I'm the only one with the key, but a few months ago, when I would come in, I could swear things had been moved around. Almost as if the family were still living there. A poltergeist? Hmm, all squatters. With the Depression, there are a good number of homeless. Aye, that was my first thought. So I changed the looks, but it kept happening. Then there were these noises in the lights. What do you mean? Every night for the last month, there has been clanking noises, like chains, also a wailing, like keening, and I've seen flashing lights in many of the windows, as well as banging and whistling. Did you investigate? To be honest, lass, ever since it started, I haven't set foot in that place there night, especially since I saw the ghost. Yes, tell us about the ghost. <laughs> yes. Please, do. About a week ago, I was walking around the grounds, trying to figure out what was making the noises. I just happened to look up, and there it was. A pale figure, standing in the same attic window Master Willem threw himself out of! What makes you think that was a ghost? It could have been a squatter. That was me thinking. So I raced up the stairs and found the door to the attic room locked from the inside. When I finally managed to get inside, the room was empty. No sign of the figure. Well, I don't mind telling you, it chilled me to the bone. And I haven't set foot in the house ever since. Nor will I, until something's done. And there's no way out of that room save for the door? Nary a wound. Sounds like an open and shut case of supernatural activity if I ever hide one. <laughs> we'd like to take a look around if you don't mind. Yes, we'd like to take a look. We'd like to what? Check the place out. Look for clues. <laughs> Would you excuse me for a moment? Old man. I'd like to have a word with my colleague. <laughs> Are you out of your mind? Did you hear what he said? Clanking chains, keening, ghostly figures that disappear from a locked room? How much more evidence do you need? We should see it for ourselves. Make sure he's not mistaken. Or making it up. <gasps> Are you scared, Rockwell? Scared? <clears throat> Me? <laughs> How silly. Not at all. I laugh in the face of fear. <laughs> see? Good. Uh, Mr. McGillicuddy. Old man, please. Old man. We'll come back tonight. Right, we'll come back. We'll what? Might as well be here when the action's happening. What's wrong? You laugh in the face of fear, right? Right. <laughs> we'll see you tonight, Mr. Mc... Old man. Well, it's your funeral, lassie. That's what I'm worried about. Aw, come on, Theo. Smile. Act 1, Scene 3. Fishing with a cane. The ladies are doing it for themselves. Dropping some coins into the case of a saxophonist. Wednesday went home to prepare, and Theodore went to find his moxie. Meanwhile, across town at the 13th Street Social Club, the owner, Nunzio the Fish Kohlrabi, was receiving some unusual visitors. Hey, boss, these four dames at the door say they gotta see you. 
Show them in. Show them in. We can always use some new blood to work upstairs in the conversation nooks. Any of them four dames lookers? Well, one of them's all right. <laughs> Two of them are real tomatoes. And the fourth? Eh, more like a prune. Show them in anyways. After some of the rocket we serve here, our customers can't see too good anyhow. Okay, boss. Hey, this way, ladies. Morning, Mr. Cole Robbie. I'm Mike Hay, and these here are my daughters. Say hello, girls. Hello, hello girls. <laughs> what can I do for yous? It ain't what you can do for us. It's what we can do for you. We just set up shop here in Chicago, making some of the finest bootleg moonshine this side of the Appalachians. And I know there's plenty of thirsty folk here in this city what need some quality liquor. Well, we got the liquor and you got the distribution. So what do you say? You four are bootleggers. <laughs> Give that man a cigar. And they said Italians weren't smart. Bootleggers is what we are. Some of the best around. <laughs> Give me a try. That there's my youngest, Candy. She's the friendly one. Mm -hmm. Look, ladies, I already got a supplier. And Our product is purer since we have total control over the processing. Plus, with us, you deal with fewer middle men, which means lower cost to you and therefore higher profit margins when you charge your customers the same amount you are now. Really, we are the most intelligent and cost-effective choice. That there's my middle girl, Betty. She's a smart one. And your other daughter. That's my oldest, Sugar. She's the... I'm the one who'll burn these stuff to the ground if you don't do business with us. She's the crazy one. Uh-huh. You don't say. Take a swig of that and see if it don't wet your whistle. <laughs> That'll put hair on your chest. And take the paint off of my walls. Smooth, ain't it? Especially for 150 proof. What do you call this stuff? It's called mule kick whiskey. Because it'll knock you right on your head. As interesting as this chat is, we really should be discussing price right now. All right, you heard your sister. Sugar, put the lighter away. And Candy, let go of the gentleman. Oh, Ma, you never let me have any fun. Please, Ma, I like him. He's swarthy. You know I like some swarthy. You should let me do the negotiating. Problem is, you can't say no. Ladies, ladies, please. As uh, tempting as this offer of yours is, the fact of the matter is, I already got suppliers and the family, if you know what I mean. I could be your family. I'm real good at having relations. <laughs> Not that kind of family. Well, we tried the carrot. Sugar, show him the stick. Yeah! Hey, hey, uh, Guido, do something. She's measuring up the place. What can I do, boss? She's a dame. I can't hit a dame. You can grab her. You grab me? I'm real, real good. Oh. All right, that's enough. We'll give you till tomorrow to think it over. 
I think you'll come to see that it's the most income positive choice you can make. I hope you say yes. You're too cute to beat up. I hope you say no. I like breaking things. Did that just happen? I'm on the horns of a real dilemma here, Guido. That much hurt. What am I gonna do? If I tell the family what just happened, they're gonna assume I can't handle running this place and fit me with a pair of cement shoes. But I gotta get help from somebody. That's a real head scratcher. I'll admit it, boss. But you know, you've got all different kinds of family. Sometimes that can even be people you don't think of as being that close. Just the other day, I was in a jam, and if it wasn't for my six cousin four times removed, I would have ended up in big trouble. Your sixth cousin four times removed. Yeah, I got six cousins. He's the youngest, and this is his fourth time he's been removed and sent to the slammer. Believe me, if I hadn't thought fast on my feet and planted that evidence on him, I would have been removed myself. Good thing I never really liked him. He's a bad influence on the family. Guido. I can't believe I'm going to say this. You're a genius. <laughs> and here I thought I was Catholic. I got to get help from them that I ain't close to, but could still be considered my family. Guido, we got to call the cops. <laughs> we'll return to throwing shade, ghost of a chance, in just a moment. But first... A word from our sponsor. Ladies, has your hourglass taken on some extra sand? Have your delicate curves become dangerous speed bumps? Are you in need of a stronger foundation garment because your structural integrity has weakened? If so, then Fully Bone Girdles has the answer. Fully Bone Girdles new line of max inch girdles is guaranteed to compress and constrain even the most runaway waistline made of industrial grade rubber the fully bone max inch girdle can pull you from a size 10 to a size 2 in seconds Ouch! hey you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs its powerful compression pulls all those annoyingly spread out internal organs into a single vertical line. Plus, due to the material's lack of breathability, you will literally burn off extra pounds every time you wear it. If you want the men to want you, then head over to your nearest department store and maxinch your way to popularity. Women know it's better when they're fully boned. And now, a few words from other important personages. Vamp, come quick. What is it, Shade? Is someone in danger? There sure is, Vamp. Businesses and theater companies across the country are falling victim to sagging sales and empty seats. We're facing an economic catastrophe worse than the last economic catastrophe. <gasps> oh no! We have to do something! We should take to the streets, find clues, interrogate suspects! Sell advertising! Wait! Sell! What? Businesses and theater companies can buy ad space with us, Vamp, on Throwing Shade. They'll reach thousands of discerning, law and order loving... Comedy-starved. Comedy-starved listeners from coast to coast. I 
understand they can listen to us on something called a podcast. Yes, that's true. You can hear us wherever these podcasts are broadcast. What does a podcast mean, Shade? I haven't the faintest idea. Maybe throwing peas? <gasps> Maybe that's the world peas I keep hearing everyone striving for. I'm ignoring that. Mm. It sounds like advertising with us could rescue these businesses and theater companies. And save their bottom line. The rates are incredibly affordable. Well, there is a depression. Really? I'm quite happy. Get in touch with Eclectic Full Contact Theater at info at eclectic-theater.com. Say goodnight, Shade. Goodnight, Shade. And now, back to throwing shade. Ghost of a chance. Act two, scene one. Who you gonna call? Kohlrabi calls in some family favors. After being momentarily startled by a wandering mariachi band, Nunzio the fish Kohlrabi made a phone call, and the 13th Street Social Club had yet another unusual visitor. What's your password? Sword the fish. Nope. What's your password? It's a swordfish. It ain't swordfish. Why do you mean it ain't a swordfish? It's always a swordfish. Well, they changed it on account of everybody knowing it. So what's it a new password? I can't tell you. The boss would get sore. He's the one that called me. I know, but I still can't let you in without you give me the password. Uh, gentlemen, if you'd allow me. Guido, is the new password... Password... <laughs> you got it. Mm -hmm. You sure are one smart tomato, Miss Morning. <laughs> Thanks, Guido. I'm just saucy. <laughs> Wednesday, how did you know the password was password? Played the odds. Carlo Cannoli. Nunzio de Fischacorabi. Who are these two? I'm Theodore Rockwell, and this is my girl Friday, Wednesday morning. That's a weird name. This from a guy named The Fish. My old man used to tune pianos, so everybody called me Fish on account of the joke. What a joke. How are a piano and a fish different? You can tune a piano, but you, you cannot, cannot tune a fish. fish. Of course you cannot tune a fish. How is that a funny? American a humor maker no sense. Anyway, Chief Cannoli invited us along because he thought we could help. He told us you'd been threatened by bootleggers? Not just bootleggers. Female hillbilly bootleggers called themselves the Canes. Wait, women trashed your place? Yeah, it was humiliating. What do you do? What could I do? They was dames. Excuse me? Sorry, broads. Oh, yeah. You gotta lean on them, Carlo. Your family. Hey, we don't talk about it at. Just because of Don Giuseppe made Not me... Not that a family! Oh, right. <laughs> uh, look, just because you marry my sister don't mean I can go squeeze some ladies. Put the squeeze on. Huh? You put the squeeze on them. You don't squeeze them. That's inappropriate. And expensive. So I've heard. Carlo, 
Why are you talking like that in here? You know you don't got it. What are you talking about? This is the way I always talk. Why you gotta be so crazy, huh? Making up silly things in front of two very important non-Italian people with connections to the mayor? Right. Pardon. I don't know what I'm saying. This whole lady bootlegger thing has my head a-spinning. Mr. Rockwell and Miss Morning can get in touch with her a shade and a vamp. What? I've already called the cops. Now you want me to go hat in hand with some mess do gooder or I'm going to get kicked out of the family. That's not true. My wife, Carmela, and I will always welcome you for Sunday dinner. Not that family. Look, I understand your reticence. My what? But the fact is, these bootleggers aren't just breaking prohibition. They're violent. He's right. Something like this could lead to all-out war on the streets. And nobody wants that. You two's got a point. All right. Reach out to the shade, but keep my name out of it. With a very soul of discretion. Huh? Mum's the word. Great. Guido will see you out. Female bootleggers busting up my joint, calling the cops, working with the shade. Oh, what's this world coming to? Act two, scene two. Candy is dandy, but liquor is more profitable. The shade and the vamp try to track down the Kane family. After leaving the 13th Street Social Club, Theo and Wednesday decided to try to track down the Kane family. Before we go to the mansion tonight, maybe we should try to track down the Kane family. Changing swiftly into the dark clothing of The Shade, Theodore Rockwell and Wednesday Morning started working their way through the city, trying to pick up the Kane family's trail. How are we going to find out where they went? From what I understand, they were in a vehicle. Tough to keep up with. Shade. For the last time, you do not get to drive my Nash Advance 6 Coupe. It's a well-known scientific fact that men are not good drivers. How is that a well-known scientific fact? The majority of drivers are men, correct? Yes, of course. Therefore, the majority of traffic accidents are caused by men. Well... Therefore, men are, scientifically, lousy drivers. I can't argue with that. Mm -hmm. But I have to say, I feel unusually uncomfortable when you use science. Color me surprised. It still doesn't answer the question on how we find a truckload of women who don't want to be found. As Wednesday and the Shade made their way across the city, Wednesday noticed something interesting. (gasps) Shade? I've noticed something interesting. What's that? Do you notice how there's a number of buildings along the route we're taking out of the city that have their windows smashed and large, confused, Sicilian-looking men standing out front? You're right, Wednesday. It looks like... The Kane family hit several speakeasies and did the same thing to them that they did to Nunzios. Well, I was going to say that there was an outbreak of juveniles with rock-throwing proclivities and a hatred for Italians, but yours makes way more sense. Uh-huh. Should make it easier to follow them. For a while, Wednesday's theory held water. But once they reached the limits of the downtown area, the number of speakeasies dried up, and so did the trail. Defeated, our heroes turned their attention back to the Pushman Mansion, 
But as they were throwing in the towel, a few miles away, the formidable female felons were relaxing in their secret hideout. <laughs> now that's what I call a successful business negotiation. I ain't sure how you figure that, sugar. Ain't one of them fellers said they was interested in what we were offering. I don't know about that. <laughs> I had several offers. <laughs> I meant the liquor. Uh, Who cares? I got to bust things up and scare a bunch of men. Now that's success, if you ask me. Hush up, all of you. Now, sugar. I, while I agree there's a certain amount of satisfaction of striking fear into the hearts of the male gender, the fact is, if we want to be successful, we need to figure out how to get these men to say yes. I told you to let me try. I'm really good at getting men to say yes. No. <laughs> you're just really good at saying yes. And you're just jealous because all the men like me. She has a point, Sugar. Mm -hmm. The only point she has is on the top of her head. Sugar, be nice. Not everybody can be as naturally charming as your sister. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Before this conversation derails into sibling rivalry, which I'd like to point out I am never involved in because I somehow am never mentioned. That's because ain't nobody rivalrous about you. That's not a word. I'm the tough one, and Candy's the one all the men like. What's you got? Brains. <laughs> Fat lot of good those will do you if and men won't let you use them. Now, girls, settle down. You're all special and I loves you all equally. But Candy's the baby, so as I loves her a little more equally than the rest of you. Oh, Mom. <laughs> but are we sure we weren't followed? Oh, stop your worrying. Daddy, I told you, this is a secret hideout. Mm -hmm. Secret. Secret, huh? Then who's that? Betty, go see who that is. What do you want? Hello, my name is Annabelle and I represent the Girl Scouts of America. Would you like to buy some cookies? Girl Scout cookies? Out of my way! Hold on just a second. Firstly, how did you know we were here? Annabelle, you was knocking on a piece of driftwood in front of a cave. I saw your pickup truck outside, so I figured somebody must live here. Candy? You were supposed to camouflage the car. <laughs> I know, but you want it camouflaged and all that icky seaweed. <gasps> well, that would ruin my nails. <laughs> so, does anyone want cookies? I do, I do, Hold I do. your horses. Now, Annabelle, while I and my daughters all fully support what you and the Girl Scouts are trying to do, mm -hmm. the fact is we can't have anybody knowing we're here. But Secondly, while I don't want to be rude, the last thing my daughter Sugar needs is cookies. What are you talking about? I'm shapely. True. Round is a shape. I am an hourglass. Mm. At this point, more like a 24-hour clock. Mom! Um, you? Miss! <laughs> Sorry, miss. All you need is what my mom uses. Get a fully bone girdle and you can eat all the cookies you want. I told her that. 
Fully boned girls are just what the doctor ordered. Uh-huh, it's true. When my mom put, puts hers on, she's half the woman she was before. <laughs> it's the best. Keeps everything crammed in where it can't be seen uh-huh. and helps you stay dainty and demure. Uh-huh. After all, taking deep breaths is highly unladylike. Uh-huh. You should learn to breathe in short, petite, feminine breaths like this. <laughs> I love me my full of bone girdle. I got a max inch model, and now I can fit into the same dresses I had when I was a little girl. It's true. The fully bone max inch girdle holds everything in. It's like your whole body is being wrapped in a warm, loving, rib-crushing hug. Warm is right. My mom says that whenever she wears one, she feels like she's running a marathon just standing still. That's the part I love the best. The fact that the industrial strength rubber holds in all your body's heat, burning fat at the same time it's keeping you in shape. I like how it makes my mom taller. Oh, that's because it lines all your internal organs up, one on top of the other. Are you telling me that if I buy a fully bone max inch girl, not only can I eat all the cookies I want, but there's a chance I can look down on men? That wasn't exactly what Perfect! I... Now let's get those cookies! You had any new flavors? No, just the same one as before. You should think about starting something new. I know, I miss the taste of those mint juleps. Yeah, a mint cookie you could eat in your fully bone girdle. <gasps> oh, a thin mint! Oh! oh. <laughs> I'll pass it along. So, you want to buy some cookies now? Just 22 cents a box. We'd love to, dearie, but like we said... You don't want anyone to know you're here, and they won't, unless I have to go somewhere else to sell these cookies and people ask why I still have so many boxes and I have to tell them that the four women living in a weird cave wouldn't buy any from me. We'll take six boxes. <laughs> Candy, pay the little... Entrepreneur! I was going to use a different word. Here you go. Thanks! And if you want one of those girdles can go and get you one. My mom sells them. Here's her card. Bye! I may just call her mom. These cookies are amazing. Do it, and I promise you, you won't regret it. Every woman knows it feels better to be fully boned. (laughs) Handy, go camouflage the truck. Act two, scene three. Casting Casper Juns. Theo and Wednesday investigate the ghost at Pushman Mansion. Later that night, Theo and Wednesday arrived at Pushman Mansion to investigate old man McKilligutty's ghost story. I still say you're off your rockers for going in there, but here's the keys. I'll be back tomorrow morning to see if you made it through the night. Mr. Mc... Old man! We'll see you here bright and early tomorrow morning. Won't we, Theo? Absolutely. I mean, uh, absolutely. What could go wrong? Well, I'll be seeing you. You heard that, right? It's just the wind. Now, come on. Hmm.
Well, that doesn't sound ominous. Turn on the lights. Would you believe the lights don't work? And that's why we brought flashlights. This place is massive. Too bad it's abandoned. Once we put these ghost stories to rest, maybe somebody will buy it. You really don't believe in ghosts? Theo, I believe in what I can see and hear. You heard that, right? It sounded like it was upstairs. Let's check it out. It's probably mice. Those are some pretty big mice. Again, you're scared of things that go bump in the night. In fairness, that was a thump. You're ridiculous. There's nothing to be scared of. Just tell yourself, I don't believe in spooks. I don't believe in spooks. I don't believe in spooks. I don't... I do believe in spooks. I do believe in spooks. I do, I do, I do, I do believe in spooks. Ew! Look, I think we can all agree that a disembodied voice warning us off is worthy of fear. Before Wednesday could answer, a glowing figure appeared at the top of the stairs. Yeah, a glowing figure at the top of the stairs. I really believe in spooks. Egon, oh, suffer my fate. The curse of the Pushman. heroes suffer the fate of the Pushmans? Was it a ghost? And will Theo ever stop being such a scaredy cat? Answers to questions bearing a passing resemblance to these will be answered in next week's thrilling conclusion to Throwing Shade, Ghost of a Chance. Throwing Shade is brought to you by Chicago's premier storefront theater company, Eclectic Full Contact Theater. EFCT is unique. EFCT is irreverent. EFCT is theater. This has been Throwing Shade, sponsored by Fully Bone Girdles. Written by Sarah Siegel and Andrew Pond. Directed by Katherine Siegel. Starring the voice talents of Jessica Lauren Fisher, Daniel Houle, Stephen McClure, Andrew Pond, Rochelle Prue, Sarah Siegel, Monica Saflick, and Therese Young. Our Foley artist is Lori Iyer. Our engineer is us. And I'm your narrator, Noelle Kleiss. Special thanks to Tina Salamone. Tune in next week. Same shade time, same shade station. Hello, everyone. I'm Andrew Pond. And I'm Sarah Siegel. You may remember us from such podcasts as the one you were just listening to. We'd like to thank you for joining us and hope you've enjoyed the adventures of Theodore Rockwell and Wednesday Morning. And The Shade and the Vamp. If so, please head over to Eclectic Full Contact Theater's Throwing Shade Patreon page at www.patreon.com EFCT and become a patron. You can support Throwing Shade for as little as a dollar a month. That may be the literal definition of a pittance. Become a patron today and join such luminarious folks as Michael Canari and Mike Drugan. Uh, luminarious? What? It's a word. Anyway, becoming a patron gets you access to behind-the-scenes videos, episode outtakes, merchandise, and much, much more, including the opportunity to ask us anything. I myself am an open book. More like a picture book. Be glad it's not a pop-up. So... 
head over to patreon.com slash EFCT to support Eclectic Full Contact Theater's Throwing Shade. And head over to eclectic-theater.com to find out what else Eclectic Full Contact Theater is up to. And we hope to see you at our upcoming live Throwing Shade performance event, September 8th at 7 p.m. at the Skokie Theater in Skokie, Illinois. You can get your tickets at skokietheater.org. See all of your favorite characters, meet the cast, have a wonderful time live and in person. That's September 8th at 7 p.m. at the Skokie Theater. Check it out, get your tickets, we'll see you there. Say goodnight, Andrew. Goodnight, Andrew. Bye.